Welcome to the Self-Care for the Soul podcast. I'm Nia Marie, and I'm an eating disorder and mental health advocate, blogger, influencer, and speaker in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I'm here to talk all things mental health, eating disorders, self-love, and of course, self-care. Sometimes we get too busy focusing on productivity and our to-do lists, and we end up putting our self-care on the back burner. The Self-Care for the Soul podcast is all about no frills, no flourish, self-care, and self-love. Instead, we're focusing on the fundamentals. So join me for my thoughts on self-care and self-love and interviews with other mental health and self-care advocates. Let's jump on in. Hey fam, this is Nia Marie back with another episode of Self-Care for the Soul. And I wanted to take you guys back all the way to the beginning, all the way to the beginning. I wanted to tell you all a quick story about how I grew up. So I grew up in a family with my grandmother and my godmother raising me. And when I was born, my grandmother was 60, my godmother was 80. And to say that they were a different generation would be an understatement. And so I wasn't raised with this feeling of feelings are okay and share your feelings and let us know what's going on and let's talk about the nitty gritty. It was very much like, let's just stuff all of that down as far as it'll go. Um, Also, I come from a black background and if you don't know, talking about our feelings is not something that's super common in black households. And so I had a lot of trauma in my life growing up. And when I was in fifth grade, I lost my dad. My dad died and I had um, a, what's the word, conflict with my therapist at the time. And also I had my aunt come into my life that I didn't know about and that shook up my whole family dynamic. And also I was renegotiating, um, getting back in contact with my birth mother. And all of this happened in about fifth grade. And I can trace back to that year, the beginning of my eating disorder. And it was just like having all of these balls thrown at me and me not being able to catch them, me not being able to hold them and instead dropping them. And the only way that I could find to hold on to them and manage them was to make sure that all of my feelings were stuffed down as far as they could go. And I did that by eating and I did that by gaining weight. And I pretty much stopped share. I mean, I wasn't sharing my feelings at that point anyways, but any, you know, communication about feelings or how I was doing that I had made any progress with in therapy, especially was just gone. Um, I pretty much shut down and just ate to cope. And so that was the beginning of my eating disorder. My eating disorder lasted like like, I don't even know, like almost 20 years, like somewhere between 15 and 20 years. And it was just, 
it looked different at different stages in my life because, you know, in college and high school and later it turned into more restricting. But in the beginning, it was almost completely binge eating. And I didn't really, I wasn't as concerned with my weight at the beginning because I was like a quote unquote normal sized kid. I had a healthy sized body. I don't even know what that means, but I had a body that fit within the BMI. It might've been a little bit on the higher end, um, which by the way, BMI is bullshit, but I want you all to understand where I was coming from as a kid. And it wasn't until college that I started to think something might be wrong. Something might be wrong here. Maybe, you know, me not eating four days at a time is unhealthy. It isn't the best choice. And at this point, I was, you know, on blogs, reading about eating disorders, reading about, you know, ways to starve yourself. I was in like pro-ana spaces and I was just like pumping my brain with all of this sick energy. And I remember, you know, wanting to think like, this isn't healthy. This isn't what we're learning in biology class. But at the same time, being thin was so important to me that like, I just had to focus on that. I had no other option. And so what I was finding was a lot of the people that I was chatting with in blog, in like the blog space, they were in bodies that were very thin. And when they were working to lose weight, they were, you know, becoming underweight. And they were talking about having eating disorders. And I was like, yeah, they have eating disorders, but I'm just trying to lose weight. And because I'm fat and overweight, words that I would have used at that time, um, it's okay if I'm doing it because it's okay to lose weight. And, you know, eating, trigger warning, 1,200 calories um, is enough because, you know, this website says it, they said it which in reality, I believe 1200 calories is like the amount that like a four-year-old or a five-year-old needs, like not an adult human being. Um, and so I just remember thinking like, I'm like, I'm excluded from this because I'm fat and I need to actually lose weight because doctors are telling me this, which is a whole issue that our society is prescribing eating disorders to fat people, but, you know, treating them in thin people. Huge issue. Not going to get on that soapbox right now. But what I will say is that because I had these beliefs in my head, I went another six, eight years without treatment because I didn't think that I deserved treatment because I wasn't quote unquote sick enough. And I was having the same behaviors that people in thin bodies were, but because I was fat, I couldn't see that I needed help and I needed support. So that's like kind of the quick backstory of like where I, where my eating disorder came from. And I've talked about, you know, what's exaggerated it, what I struggled with, but I think especially, you know, not knowing, knowing that I had an eating disorder, but not thinking I was worthy of help really exacerbated that. And when I did ask for help early on, you know, to go to treatment or, you know, 
to talk to a therapist about it. I was told that, you know, I just needed to stop binge eating. Um, I was told that I just needed to, like, get the overeating under control. Um, I needed to just, you know, work on my feelings. Um, I needed to just, like, go work out more. Um, I was told all of these things that just made it worse and made me feel less than and just so unworthy of help because no one was listening to the words that were coming out of my mouth. Um, and so when I did eventually go to treatment, it was my choice, my decision. I spearheaded that. I finally listened to myself and found the strength within myself to do it. But yeah, back then when I was like nine, I, I needed that support. I needed that help. I needed someone to see that how I was helping, how I was taking care of myself and, you know, maybe suggest some other avenues. And so if you are, you know, trying desperately to take care of yourself by binge eating or restricting um, any sort of maladaptive coping skills, substance abuse, any of that kind of stuff, um, cutting, self-harm, any of that, being able to reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this or, you know, writing someone a note and passing it to them, emailing a therapist and asking for help. These are all things that we have to advocate for ourselves and we have to do and put ourselves out there and be super, super, super fucking vulnerable. And that is hard as fuck, but we're never going to get to a place of being able to take care of ourselves if we don't make that step. So I encourage you all to ask for help and take a step towards helping yourself today, whatever that might look like for you. I believe in you, and I think that would be an amazing thing for you to do right now. So just, yeah, if you guys want to reach out to me on social media, let me know what step you're taking today, how you're asking for help. I would love to hear it. I would love to share them with the community. So until then, stay safe and stay stable.